Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Bill. This is Adam, a.k.a. Epos Vox. Adam, how are you doing today, man? All right. Thanks for having me. Ah, I'm super excited to have you. I've been watching Adam's content for like a really long time. I learned most of the streaming and, and video making stuff from him. So thank you very much for that. Uh, this this is uh, On Deck, the podcast all about PC gaming and the Steam Deck. And I saw that Adam was uh, posting that he had gotten a Steam Deck. And I was like, oh, I got to see if he wants to talk about it. Because uh, I've been having a, a blast talking about the Steam Deck. This thing is just, it is my main machine. Now, I got a question for you, Adam. Since you picked it up, mm -hmm. has have you been kind of like always reaching for that or do you still have things kind of spread out where you're reaching for you know this and that and, and the steam deck it depends on what i'm doing for a lot of stuff just because I either had like something already playing or a save ongoing or whatever i'm just reaching for it and i'm like all right i gotta pick up where i was going you know if i'm waiting on a video to render or sitting somewhere steam deck gets pulled out but there is a lot of stuff that like multiplayer games or bigger story things that I still kind of offload to PC or home console just because it's like effectively it started out where I had to play everything on Steam Deck like it mm -hmm. I had to see how it played I had to figure out you know what worked best but then I quickly kind of like this is a separate gaming experience now for me from my primary you know my my normal gaming day to day and I I think that's a strength of it where you can do it however you know you want yeah you don't First, feel like you're trapped boy. by it yeah, like with a 3DS or even even with my Switch, I only have specific games on it. I only have specific kind of games on it. And with how expensive Nintendo games are, I don't even have some of their biggest games because I don't want to pay 60 bucks for a five-year-old game. I'm still very limited in what I can play on Switch, whereas I can very I can curate basically any game that exists on here. <laughs> that's that's true. So um, are you doing any emulation or are you sticking mostly to just stuff you like because i know you play a lot of retro stuff yeah so i am i'm about 50 50 at the moment with what i want to play because a lot of the retro stuff i still want to play on the big tube tvs mm -hmm. on the original hardware keeping my saves going for 20 years all that stuff but there's been a lot of stuff especially with emu deck 2 like how just well integrated it is it's been really nice, especially for like Game Boy ROM hacks where managing that on an actual Game Boy is a nightmare anyway. And I, I don't like I don't like playing PC emulators for a lot of retro console stuff because mouse and keyboard or controller like at the computer, especially with like my my ADHD stuff, I'm going to start working instead of just playing the game. Whereas a, a, a Game Boy game or a PS2 game or something like that on here just feels more natural. It's not the experience it used to be, but it's still like. I'm in my own gaming bubble, you know, this is where it is. And so I'm about 50-50 now. I have a couple Game Boy ROM hacks I've been really going through on here, and then uh, a couple PS2 games that I do still play on original hardware, but I wanted, like, alternate runs where I could do some of the wackier stuff that emulators allow for on here as well. And so it's been nice being both. I'm not typically an emulator person, but having that just, I don't know, something about a dedicated machine makes it so much nicer than here's a window with super nintendo up on my computer like it, right. it breaks some of the immersion i guess I don't, I don't know yeah i can definitely see that i also will say that like you know play you talk about playing game boy games and stuff like that it's always nice like to, to like the original hardware was great it at, at its time 
but man, those screens were terrible. And being able to play yes. those those Game Boy games on like a nice screen is pretty fantastic, especially if it's and not in a window. The, oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and especially with some of the added features, like you know, I'm I was a child of the '90s, so I'm a big Pokemon fan. I know it's not for everyone, but like Gen Two Pokemon is some of the peak like handheld RPG gaming experiences for me, except for the fact that it is incredibly slow like you 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 move really slow the entire game moves at a snail's play snail's pace and the 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 you know mgba gives you the speed up option and stuff which i've had for 20 years on vba on computer or whatever Mm -hmm. but still having the handheld mode to play that feels somewhat like original hardware but obviously all of the upgrades but i still get those quality of life things safe states when i'm shiny hunting or speeding it up when it's really really slow that is that makes up for whatever I feel like I might you lose in the the, the legitimacy of the experience because I, I I like original hardware a lot but yeah the original Game Boys are miserable to play with I tried out the analog pocket I honestly wasn't a fan of that experience because it was still so restricted now they have opened up the emulators mm-hmm. but it's still a small square screen and you're still only playing these specific games and I'd rather like there there are good sides to limitations like I this is you know, this, you obviously could, but like I'm not running video editing and email and things like that on my Steam Deck. It's still a limited gaming experience, but I can play virtually any game I want, and that's a lot better than a rectangle that cramps my hands. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's the, one of the things about the Steam Deck that I like the most is just how comfortable it is in your hands. Like, did that surprise you when you got it? It's like because it it looks like a ridiculously large device, but then once you get it in your hands, for me. I felt like, holy cow, they really nailed it. Yeah, I I go back and forth with it because size-wise, I honestly wasn't that concerned other than, you know, obviously it takes away a little bit of the portability claims for certain people depending on mm-hmm. what kind of bags you carry, how you plan on traveling, whatever. But realistically, the Switch is unplayable to me handheld without one of those, like, satisfy grips, which mm-hmm. makes it slightly actually wider than the Steam Deck. And so those kind of grips are necessary for me to put because the joy cons they feel terrible they are awful they, they are, are truly like for everything i love about the switch the joy cons were the one thing that kept me from buying it for a really long time and this immediately in the hands feels incredibly nice i do have a couple quirks that like break the like i i can't play first person shooters on it which bugs me because of a couple control feel quirks but otherwise i love it like it is i i didn't expect it to be it looks so awkward. Like, that's the thing. Like, the weird little things that actually end up mattering. But, like, the weird way it's shaped down here that you wouldn't expect. Like, certain little things, it looks like it would be awkward to hold. Mm-hmm. And yet, fit so well. <laughs> so, can you talk a little know. bit about your uh, your hesitancy to play first-person shooters on there? Like, what is it just yes. because you are uh, a mouse and keyboard guy and you, you're not a controller guy? So it, It's tough. So, at the moment... Yeah, that is a big driving factor for me as I have been primarily PC for so long. I grew up playing like a classic PlayStation alongside PC, so I was always kind of a mouse person, but I did I competed professionally in Halo on 360 for years. But after the move from 360, controllers that at all resemble Xbox things have completely gone to crap. And this is a thing that certain people pick up on little things of and then otherwise I just sound like a crazy person. But even where is it? I just picked up the new the new Ghoulie controller with the fancy thumbsticks that everyone's talking about. I picked this up, and I run into most of the same issues. The first being, this one does it slightly better, but I even, I have, I have yes, the white, oh, you got the white one, nice. Yeah, but mine won't turn on, so, <laughs> so there, there's that. Uh, 
video Maybe. incoming at some point. <laughs> yeah. I've spent money on this. I have a Thrustmaster one that I'm really excited to look at because it's like all mechanical and feels like a tank. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the Xbox Elite Controller V2. And what all of these newer controllers do, on top of once they moved to Xbox One, Dead Zones just went really weird. I don't know what modern controllers have done to Dead Zones, but even like right now, I cannot aim on a modern controller with modern aiming mechanics on the Xbox side. I'm slightly better on PlayStation due to whatever sensitivity I seem to have to these Dead Zone things. But I can still play on the 360 controller so i don't know something changed it's one of those intangibles no one can explain something changed that i don't like but the big thing the ghoulie controller does it better but the big thing is with the r1 and r2 again having grown up a playstation gamer where it was literally r1 and r2 as separate buttons before there were ever even triggers Mm -hmm. after the starting with the xbox one era everyone started tapering the r1 button down towards the trigger I don't know if it's supposed to be an accessibility thing or what, but that means the way my hand fits on the controller, my index finger sits on top of R1 while I try to pull R2, Mm -hmm. which means a lot of the time, especially playing like Bumper Jumper and Halo or Splitgate, when I go to shoot or aim down sights or whatever, I melee or throw a grenade or something because Mm. I am squeezing that tiny little corner of R1. Hmm. It seems like an absurd design decision when you look at it in a vacuum. I'm sure there's a reason for it. Much smarter people than me have worked on these designs and fine-tuned them over the past decade since the Xbox One released. But it makes no sense to me and actively, like, I used to think when I first got my original Xbox One, I thought it was a desync issue because they had weird controller wireless sync issues already. And I had some other issues with it. I thought my controller was desyncing bad enough that I was just, like, sending the wrong inputs. But even the Steam Deck has it. So I, when one of the first games I fired up was Splitgate, because it's Linux native, even though it has a lot of issues today on Steam Deck, which I don't understand. Um, but I fired it up, and I ran into that same issue where I'm trying to jab. It's, it's actually less difficult with this bumper case on it that I only put on it so my kid doesn't break it. But I, I, I ran into the same issue where when I start squeezing the trigger, I am bumping that bumper for some reason, and it's super bizarre. And so that is one of the biggest, like, deal-breaker things that, you know, with the thumbsticks, you can swap them out, you can adjust sensitivities, you can tweak dead zones, you have a lot of that control now. But you can't just replace the physical design of where the bumpers are placed. And right. so that's one of the ones that, like, really irked me. I still, I just have issue aiming with thumbsticks at this point anyway, because I'm so mouse-native. But, like, I would get over that more if I wasn't literally pressing the wrong buttons. It's, I can. It's I, a little thing that, I don't know. I could totally see that. It never, like, that never, it might just be the way that I hold it is that I always just, for me, I have to right. move my finger up in order to hit that. And I think that, like, just different people gravitate towards holding uh, the, the electronics in different ways. You know, I saw a friend of mine who always, when he plays, he always has his index on the bumper and his mid- yes. ring, mid- middle finger on the trigger and i'm like how do you do that man like that's crazy to me i I can't understand that i knew people who did that in high school and i always wanted to do it but something about it like even on the smaller controllers obviously like it looks perfect it looks like okay you can do that you can hit those buttons like if you can figure that out that's great for whatever reason even though realistically i'm not going to drop it it feels like i have less of a hold on it and like Mm -hmm. that discomfort of feeling like i'm gonna drop it just throws me off because yeah it seems like that's like the 200 iq like you're never gonna have to move your finger and press a button but i just i feel like it's slipping out of my hands even though realistically it's it's fine what do you think of the back paddles yeah 
I've tried Scuff. I've tried the Elite. I've tried these. They're a feature I want everyone to continue integrating, and mm-hmm. I want Scuff to quit fighting patent wars over it so that more companies can do it. At the moment, I can't train my muscle memory to use them. I use them for, like, save states or for speeding up. I think with my Game Boy emulator right now, I have it set as one of my speed-up buttons, uh, you know, to speed the game up. Super convenient there. For alternative controls, it's great. And obviously, for a lot of people who want them, can use them, whatever. I've seen people in, like, Call of Duty and Halo do crazy jumping and dashing Mm -hmm. all over the place with it. But, like, for actual... To replace existing buttons, I think I'm just too trained for muscle memory for controllers at this point that I can't really make myself use them, but they're a feature that I will fight to the death to make sure. Stays <laughs> right. I personally, um, I can use the right ones. I can't use the left ones. My left I hand the- won't do it. It just, uh, so I always bind R four and R five to something. And then yep. the left ones never get used from me. <laughs> I think I'm the exact same way. And I was the opposite. I'm pretty sure with the paddles. I, I like these a lot better than paddles. I will say. And so maybe, Maybe the scuff versus the steam controller lawsuit was a positive because the buttons are better than paddles for me. Because with the paddles, I have the, uh, I don't think I can pull it out. I have the Xbox Elite 2, which has the two different size paddles where you mm-hmm. can alternate and, you know, there's a short one and a long one. And the short ones are better, but with both of them, I grip hard enough that, like, they're exact. I mean, obviously, they're meant to be exactly where your fingers are. Right. When I start gripping, I'm just squeezing them. And so I can't, it, to me, it's not worth retraining. Whereas the buttons, I can grip that controller, and unless I want to, I'm not actuating that switch. And that is so much better to me. Like, this is way more natural. Although I, like I'm watching the way you're doing it, and I'm going to, there's a, you're doing it wrong. Because if you push <laughs> okay, here, if you push here, uh-huh. it's so much easier than if you squeeze it. I don't know oh, yeah, why, yeah. but I did that for about a month. And then somebody pointed it out, pointed it out to me, and I was like, oh, that's so much better. Yeah, that makes sense. I treat it like a VR controller, like the, the, I forget which one I've even had because my VR headset's too old now. But, like, you know, it's exactly where your hand fits in the loop and you have mm-hmm. those extra buttons. Like, that feels like they took a note from that, which is good. I guess yeah. Steam also makes VR stuff now, so that makes sense. But yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on and talk about what we've been playing, uh, not what we can't play. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I, I, I finally bit the bullet. Um, people in my community have been asking me to play this game for ages and ages and ages. And I kept saying, well, I'll, you know, I'll play it on Xbox because it's on, um, it was on Game Pass. And I right. had it installed, and I never launched it, uh, which is, happens to a lot of my Game Pass games. Oh, yeah. uh, and then finally I had mentioned something about it last episode, and people were like, yeah, it's not on Game Pass anymore. So I said, all right, I'm just going to b- bite the bullet and buy it. And that's uh-huh. Hades. I picked up Hades uh, last or this week, and I've been playing it a lot and I have yet to actually do anything on my Steam Deck other than play Hades all week long. It's just so addictive. Um, we were talking about this a little bit before the show started. You said that you've been playing Hades as well, which is a funny coincidence because it's an old game and I'm late to the party. Uh, did you play it when it first came out or did you just pick it up for the Steam Deck? No, I, I picked it up a little bit before the Steam Deck after watching the No Clip documentary about it because uh, mm-hmm. they make awesome stuff and it got me hooked on it. Uh, question for you. Did you play Transistor or Bastion, uh, Supergiant's previous? Like, I, I played, which one is which? Which one's the first one with the guy? Bastion. Ba- I played Bastion, and I own Transistor. Never got, mm-hmm. like, I played a little bit of it, and it just didn't click with me. Uh, Bastion yeah. was awesome. That narrator was fantastic. Transistor, I thought, was cool, but I got distracted by shiny things. 
Uh, go ahead. You you played uh, all three, no. I'm guessing? No, I, I was the same way in that I, I don't even remember at this point which one I tried, but like I, I get a certain way sometimes where I heard so many people talking about it that it just turned me off of it more because it's just like the game can't be that good. The more you hype it up, the more I'm going to be mm. like disappointed or something once I finally tried it. And then I saw that no clip documentary on Hades and I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. It took me three more months before I finally, you know, got it or whatever, but I played it and I was a similar way. This was before I even had my Steam Deck, but where like the whole first week or two, that's all I did, like was just Hades. Like I was glued in the gameplay was super addictive and then it was one of the first games i loaded up when i got my steam deck and i spent uh i had a flight to connecticut for a retro gaming expo and i spent the entire you know waiting in the airport on the way there and back just like grinding in hades i think it's one it's i think it exemplifies the perfect style of game that really makes like portable steam deck play like shine because of the in and out action where you you know even if you lose your 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 session you you don't lose your progress or whatever right. it, it, it's it's that perfect pick up and go but also you don't got to commit too long experience that for me exemplifies why i got the stream deck and it's just it's so good and it runs so it runs surprisingly well on it yeah it's the first game that i launched where it specifically said hey switch over to vulcan and then in like maybe it's in parentheses i think it says steam deck it's like they're mm-hmm. telling you use this and there's been many times where i load up a game and it says play the game, play it with Vulcan, try some other thing. And every time I'm like, I don't know what to, I don't have no (laughs) idea what to push. So I just pick one and I'm like, okay, it works. I'm fine with it. This one told me which one to pick and man, it runs great. Yeah, it is. It is brilliant. Obviously like, you know, it's a 2.5 D game. It's not going to be the most intense thing to run, but there is a ton happening on screen at once that in a lot of situations would hit the CPU pretty hard. That would be kind of, especially through the emulation translate or the, it's not emulation, but the translation, uh, but since it has Vulcan, like it is just silky smooth. You get to sit, you know, it, it, it works well with the sleep state or you can just scrap your session if you're not going to pick it up in a while. It's uh, I struggle sometimes with portal devices for getting to charge them after I set it down for a day or two and then it dies. And so I'm not heartbroken if I lost my exact spot because I can just pick it up and run the new run again. That's the brilliance of roguelites, I guess. But mm-hmm. it is it's it's super addicting. It is. Have you played uh, Rogue Legacy? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. So if you like if you like Hades, right. do you like side scrollers? Uh, somewhat, yeah. Okay, so if you like Hades, uh, Rogue Legacy Two, which actually came out last year, but they hit like their 1.0 because it was an early access game. Um, right. That game came out, I believe, sometime this year, and uh, it was the first game that I think I picked up specifically for the Steam Deck, and it's the same. Like super addictive short gameplay loop. Uh, guarantee yeah. if you like Hades, Rogue Legacy Two is going to grab you and hold on to you really, really well. So I uh, definitely yeah. want to check that out. Yeah, that's. I'm looking at the Steam page for it now. That looks a lot like yeah, the kind of stuff. That's loud. The kind of stuff I want to play on here. Because for me, I know a lot of people. Like I've seen people playing God of War and all sorts of stuff on here. But for me. Because I don't travel as much or have super long, you know, passenger commutes or whatever, I want the the super addicting but also easy to hop out of when I need to focus on whatever I was doing in person kind of gameplay. And so this style is like so good for it. Yeah, I always try. Like I always want to love the AAA games that that everybody's talking about. And like I remember, uh, like. Somebody had gotten me God of War, not the new one, but like the old one as a gift. And I was like, oh, that's super nice of you. Thank you. And I put it in my PlayStation 4. This is back in the day. 
And I was like, wow, the beginning of this game is absolutely amazing. And then I just never got back to it. Not because it's a bad game, but it just like, I don't know. I always feel like, all right, if I'm going to play that, I need to pay attention to it. Yep. And I have that to pay attention to it closely. To. Yeah. So I just, I can't. And so these big AAA story games, I try them. I never get to the end of them. But I'll Most, have 200 hours in Overwatch, you know? Yep. <laughs> I am the exact same way. Most big AAA games, especially the single one player ones right now, have a big problem with not necessarily the initial gameplay accessibility, but returning to it accessibility. Because yes. that was a similar way. Like, I, I think I picked up God of War right when we had my kid or whatever. And so when he was sleeping a lot, I was just playing it on TV and it was fine. I mean, I had some issues with the HDR because it was like bright white text on a black background and on a TV was giving me headaches and stuff. But like the overall gameplay, like I enjoyed it. It wasn't what I expected coming from classic God of War titles, but like I enjoyed it, but I put it down, got busy for a couple months. And every time I come back, like, I don't know what I'm doing. The combat's really hard. There's no, I'm in some puzzle where everyone, like the kid, you know, the boy and Kratos are both just like, well, where do we go? I don't know. Where do we go? I don't know. And so I'm like, I don't know where we go either. What do you expect me to do here? Like, there's no, there's no, like, they expect you to, I guess, binge it. Maybe it's the binge watch effect of Netflix yeah. or like the streamer effect where you let's play it all at once. There, there's a lot of those influences, but they make no efforts these days to make it easy to get in and get out of. Whereas the old God of War, you just picked it up and you could, you could have dropped it for 10 years and you're still just, okay, I pick it up, smash, continue, move along, whatever. And so I struggle with that also with a lot of story games. It's just, it's so much harder to come back to them, even if you do get into them the first time. And not just not just the story. Like Dragon Quest Eleven S is a great example of this because they will you turn that game on and they're like, "Here's what happened last time," yes. and I'm like, "Thank you, that's amazing." Uh, yes. But even if a game like God of War did that, what they don't tell you is how to play. And I wish that like, hey, we noticed that you haven't played in six months. How about you do this quick little tutorial? Like I think Final Fantasy. 15 has like this little tutorial thing that you can hit at the very beginning of the game and you can yeah. go right back into there easily without like starting a new game or anything so that you can refamiliarize yourself with the combat mechanics because that's the thing that yeah. i always screw up is like i can't remember how to do anything i get frustrated and i just yep. ah, i'll play something else yep nope that's exactly it that is exactly it hmm that's well, pretty cool yeah because the Go Especially ahead. with God of War's combat, like it's it's intense. So I feel the same way. Well, speaking of playing something else, what have you been playing this uh, this week? Uh, along with some Hades, I've been playing a bunch of Nexomon, which is effectively Pokemon, just alternate from you know someone else. As well as I've, I've been trying Twenty XX. I can't say I'm a huge fan of it, but I've been trying it. Uh, Nexomon's a really cool thing that. It's just, I think it started as like a little indie game, and now they have two games, and they got bigger publishing deals for PlayStation, and so they're doing a lot. The first one, I have to admit, is really rough, especially on Steam Deck. There's this weird hitch every time you do a specific action, like I think catching one of the not Pokemon, um, where it kind of like sticks for a sec. And it's one of those that doesn't affect your gameplay, but just like gets annoying after a while. Um, But it's a very unpolished, like it feels like almost... I don't mean this super insultingly, but it almost visually and with the level of polish feels like a really advanced Flash game, which isn't mm-hmm. a bad thing. I loved them back in the day. I played a ton of games that looked like this. But, you know, it, 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 I, well, okay. My frame of reference from this was older Pokemon games. At this point, 
as we've seen with Scarlet and Violet, maybe Polish isn't really the defining <laughs> characteristic of Pokemon anymore. So perhaps that's not a fair argument. But it is a lot of fun if you just like that kind of uh, gotcha, catch the monsters kind of game, you know, Monster Rancher style mm-hmm. with RPG element. It's got a lot of quirks to it, but for something, again, that I can just pick up, put down, not care about losing a little bit of progress or not needing to know what I'm doing when I come back to it, it's pretty enjoyable and scratches that itch without having to resort to emulation to just re-emulate the same Pokemon game over and over. <laughs> um, and then the other one I've been trying out is 20XX, which is obviously the 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 spiritual Mega Man redo with the terrible Kickstarter trailer that broke the internet for a while. Talking about, you know, as a, an anime fan on prom night or whatever. But it is... I'm not super far into it some, at, at this point, but I was really excited for it because while I was never great at the hardcore aspects of it, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the the Mega Man spin on that kind of format of gameplay. And so far in 20XX, it's just really slow moving. Like they show all this and obviously it's later in the game, but early on, I'm just going through what feels like the same level over and over with right. just basic jumping and shooting mechanics that honestly don't feel good. Like... Your your angles for control of your shooting feel weirdly restricted, even coming from playing like Metroid on Super Nintendo or something. It it, it it or Castlevania. Like it so far it doesn't feel great, but a lot of what you see in the later game in these trailers and stuff looks great. So I'm hoping I get there. But it's I'm trying to I, I don't want to stick purely to platformers necessarily, but I want to stick to the smaller games that I can that that I've had forever. Like I've had, tw- I I own twenty XX on the Wii U. I think I may have even supported the Kickstarter at one point. I I have a lot of these games that I've had for a decade or more. That when I sit down on the couch or when I'm gearing up for a multiplayer session, they're not going to come up because I'm here to play Halo or Apex or whatever. Or if I'm sitting on the couch, I want to play a big game in HDR that's going to blow my mind. Whereas I want to take all those little games that I thought was cool and just kind of isolate them to I can just justify focus on them because I'm not going to play multiplayer right now or whatever and. So it's been fun. It feels to me like uh, 20XX would benefit from the beginning of the Metroid games where you have like all your powers and then yep. they get taken away so that you get a feel for, okay, I'm, at, at some point I'm going to be a badass. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not right no, now, think- but at some point I'm going to be. And then have that taken away and then rebuild back to that. I think that that might actually be a better way to present that. I don't know that I've played a game that does that, that I have disliked them doing that. Like the the original God of Wars did that. I think I think a Halo did it. Like I've seen shooters do it. I've seen hack and slash do it. I've seen roguelikes do it. Like you because the, the point of the game is to like level up and get the superpowers and stuff. So if you you, you want I I guess that's another thing I feel like a lot of games don't always get right is that first impression. Like so many people, Mm -hmm. and this is the thing with shows too, but so many people are, with so many games these days, it's like, yeah, once you get 10 or with some games 100 hours in, then it really opens up. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't got time to dedicate to hating a game, hoping it opens up way long after. Like, no, you should hit you with like the best gameplay experience ever and then turn it down if you need to. Like, uh, yeah. I I, I 100% agree with that. Um, there's been and like when games are advertised as a a hundred hour whatever that usually just scares me away because i don't have time for that like that's way too much that's i don't i can't commit to that that's way too much so uh, i usually get scared away by that stuff any other games you've been playing recently i 
mostly I've been playing around with stuff on Emudeck, uh, trying out, and I, I fall into the usual emulation tweaker's paradise of, okay, <laughs> how do I get it? You know, what's the best way? And like, as soon as I installed Emudeck, the version two came out, so then I had to update everything and all this. But like, I've been playing a lot of ROM hacks and um, cool, just like Super Nintendo and Game Boy ROMs on there, just because it's it's things that I could always do on original hardware. But as as much as it's still a clunky process, a lot more seamless to just update and get working on a steam deck than actual hardware with flashcards and stuff and so a lot of that there's a pokemon crystal rom hack that restores all the events and stuff that were japanese only that you could never do Mm. as an american kid being sold that you could catch all the pokemon and that wasn't actually true those kinds of things um so on steam deck that's it on pc been playing a ton of halo infinite because it just got a big winter update so the sandbox is like amazing now um yeah awesome all right let's move on to patch notes uh the patch notes this week, I mean, they look long when you bring them up, but there's not there, there's not a ton of stuff in here that that isn't that's super important. But there is one yeah. thing that I thought was really interesting, and that has to do with third party controllers uh, where let's say you've got your do you dock your Steam Deck at all, Adam? I, I do sometimes, mostly for just screen capture purposes, but I do oh, right. like I'll hook it up to a TV sometimes just so I can see what that experience is like, mm-hmm. you know, the try it out at least what controller do you use when you're when you're playing with it docked i'm curious uh typically a a, a wired 360 pad or a uh which one is the other one i was using i think dualshock at the moment because it's been like when it works it's pretty cool mm-hmm. not dualshock dual sense they changed the name you, the so PS5 the one. ps5 one yeah gotcha okay um so one of the things that the Steam Deck has that none of the other controllers have, as far as I'm concerned, and if if or, or as far as I'm aware, and if I'm wrong about that, please feel free to let me know in the comments, um, is capacitive thumbsticks, and the capacitive thumbsticks allows you to allows the Steam Deck to know when you've got your thumb on a on a stick, then you can turn on gyro and use right. that. Uh, but if you're playing something like the uh, the DualSense, which does not have capacitive thumbsticks, how's it going to know to turn that on? Well, they just they just updated uh, in order to allow this to happen. If you are if you're not in the dead zone, if your joystick is not in the dead zone, then that counts as touching it, and so you mm. can enable gyro based on just having your thumb out, like outside the 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 dead zone at all which it probably will be if you're if you're playing right. a game you're going to have it outside the dead zone that's a really interesting solution how do you feel about gyro i think when it's used in like a way that works it's awesome i still remember one of the games i was super stoked for on ps3 was lair which is a dragon dogfighting game effectively where instead of you know the red baron you're on a dragon it stopping enemy dragon mm. invaders and flying through hoops and flying the dragon and that was the show off the 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 six axis controller back in the day and it was very much a lot of like and 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 that is most of my exposure to gyro is those gimmicks are like in heavenly sword when you're doing the catapult and you gotta you know wiggle the ball or whatever but i know for a lot like there i've known more than one person at this point that have switched to it with the original Steam controller stuff, I think, to fully gyro aiming. And especially as the Wiimotes came out and the, you know, move controllers and all those came out. So the people who moved to purely gyro aiming are like, 
in love with it. Like they try to sell you it because it's like so intuitive to them. I just don't know. You know, I'm old. I'm, I, as I just talked about changing muscle memory, I don't know mm-hmm. if it'll work, but I love that kind of input versus the like infrared Wiimote style. Like that never felt right. good. Like you're aiming a remote at a TV and hoping you like line it up right. Never felt right. Whereas the actual internal gyro of sensing your motion is really cool. And there were a lot of, uh, I especially think of in the handheld sense, there were a lot of games back in the Game Boy Color or Game Boy Advance games that used it for like really worthwhile things. Like there's a, there was a Kirby game, I think, that was the typical like toy you might have had as a kid where it was like the BB in the maze oh, pass right. and you try to like line it up, but in a Game Boy. And that was really cool because you could have video game elements to that. And I think, obviously that's a goofy mini game concept, but like, like I think more natural ways that do it that don't feel like I wish I was just playing this game normally. Like Lair, I wish it was just an action RPG I could control with thumbsticks. I didn't want to sit here like this all day and, you know, flap my wings or whatever. But I think for a lot of those, like, it's really cool. And so I love that they're actually putting effort into making it usable because I think a lot of people saw that Steam Deck was still pushing gyro and just be like, why, why are you still on this, on this idea? But the fact that they're sticking to it and offering, I mean, this is, that's got to be the, like, like, that's five different control schemes I think you can do with the Steam Deck between, like, you have your thumbsticks, the capacitance of the thumbsticks, the touchpads, the touchscreen itself, the gyro. <laughs> like, they are putting in so much work for, like, universal control that most gaming companies don't. And that is honestly incredible to me. Like, good guy Valve, I guess. Right, and then they're supporting controllers that they're not making. Like, they're yeah. they're supporting the dual controller. They're putting in controller. the legwork. Right. <laughs> they're, they're just, I don't know, I think it's fantastic. I will say, like, you're talking about playing games where you have to, like, do this stuff. I hate that. Yeah. But gyro aiming is really good and you should give it a shot. Um especially if you try try just... pairing it with flick stick. Are you aware of flick stick? I don't know that I am. Okay, so I've talked about this with other guests on the show cuz nobody knows what flick stick is. It's this really weird input method. It was actually not come up with by Valve. It was like this third-party person, I can't remember their name off the top of my head, um had come up with it. Valve saw it and they said, "We're going to try that." So right. if you look at the right thumbstick from from top down view right. and if you if you pull back on the thumbstick your character does a 180 and turns around and faces behind them. So mm-hmm. instead of controlling which direction the camera's pointing, you're controlling mm-hmm. which direction your character is facing. So if there's if like if you're playing Halo or whatever and you can hear something off to the right, you just hit right on the thumbstick and you are facing that direction. And then you pair that with gyro aiming so that you can get the precise aiming paired with the very, very rapid turnaround of being able to do 180 degrees instantaneously. It's crazy. I haven't gotten used to it yet, but it's so cool. I just pulled up a video of someone doing it in Doom while you're describing that because it wasn't making sense watching this, like how it was playing until you described it. That feels like an evolution of the the on rails uh, light gun games at the arcade because you didn't have actual movement controls and you just had to like, you know, flick the gun over and mm-hmm. then it would turn and then you could shoot and do your crosshairs or whatever. That feels like an exact. That is incredible. Yeah, and that it, would make go that ahead. would make, replace light gun games. That would be like time time crisis or something actually playable with it. Oh, I would love time crisis. My mind is blown. My <laughs> mind is blown. Uh, yeah, so 
I would say try it on some first person shooter that isn't super fast paced right. just to give you give yourself time to get used to it. Uh, but it's really cool and I'm trying to learn it. But like right. you said, we're we're older and that muscle memory is there from years and years of experience. So it is tough to get my head around. But I think yeah. it's, I think it I think it could be really cool and it could bring controller players up to the level of close to mouse and keyboard players. I think if Xbox would just ad- adopt gyro. <laughs> yeah, that is. I have. Yeah. Okay. I am very excited because yes, that might actually solve some of the issues I have with looking in general. Cause then your, your, your aim acceleration or whatever is controlled by you instead of trying to get the exact X and Y axis or what, there, there's a lot. Okay. Yes, I am very excited for this. Yeah. It, Why it, has no one told me about this? When before? you try it, if you run into problems, send me a message, and I'll, I'll yeah. tell you the, the way to like calibrate it because you have to calibrate it on every game, which is kind of a pain. Right. But what are you going to do? But uh, if it takes off, they'll make it better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So you said that you play a lot of old Nintendo games and stuff on your Steam Deck. Uh, do you, I don't know if you suffer from this like I do, but you know Nintendo has ABXY not in the same place, um, which drives me crazy. I told my, I was talking to my son about this because he was like, why don't you just use this controller? I was like, well, because it's a PlayStation controller and that has X in the wrong place. And he goes, who cares? I was like, I care. It drives me nuts. Um, but uh, yeah. the, in, the, in the Steam input uh, updates here, it says all controller types can now optimally choose to use a Nintendo style layout that flips a and the B button and X and Y universally in Steam and in games. So that means that when you're playing Pokemon and you go to press A, like you don't have to think about it anymore. You're going right. to be able to just push the button that says A on it. Uh, so I think that that's pretty great for people like me. Does this affect you at all? Yes, absolutely. It's it's weird because you'd think with as much muscle memory as I was just complaining about having for games, it wouldn't be a problem. But it almost gets like you get in your head too much because... You're used to where the buttons are, and theoretically, even if you played a lot of Nintendo or, like, Japanese PlayStation stuff, you're still used to where those buttons are. But somehow, you still have to verify with it, and then you see different buttons on the controller, and it mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense, and then you just, like, I don't I don't know how to describe it. It's this weird disconnect where you sh- you theoretically should have no problem doing it, but you do anyway because everything gets flipped so much. Like, this is awesome, because I do run into that issue where I'm... I'm hitting B and it's A and I'm hitting A and it's B and I ran into the same thing. I have a Japanese PS2 that I've soft modded, but a lot of the menus and everything is still circle is select, X is no, because that's how they do it and uh, run into the same issue. So that is very exciting because, yeah, that's I think I, not so much X and Y, but definitely A and B just really screws me up. Oh, yeah. I was trying to play something. I don't remember what it was, but I kept like closing the game. Because right. I kept, like, I was trying to hit A, and I would hit B, and the game would shut. And I was like, damn it. Okay, reload the game. And it would happen, like, five or six times. And finally, I just yep. forget it. I'm not going to play this game. And I think part of it is when I hold this controller or when I hold A controller, doesn't matter which one it is, my brain says, this is where the A button is. This is where the X button is. And then when it tells me where to put it, I'm like, uh, I got to look down because I'm, not, like, I'm emulating or something and just drives me crazy but i love that valve is trying to solve this problem of we've got all these different controllers out here let's try and make it so that it's seamless so people will get used to playing on this device which i think is cool that they're they're willing to put in 
that uh, that work. Can I just highlight? Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about how much legwork Valve is putting in for controller things. One of the points on here is fixing the rumble in the Amazon Luna controller <laughs> when used with Steam on macOS. This is so many layers of like niche use cases that they're still fixing. Because <laughs> like, how many people own an Amazon Luna controller and use it and on macOS? Mac- to play Steam games. Right. Like, I feel like that's the red string meme of, like, you got to connect all the dots to actually figure out who found this out, especially for Rumble. Like, specifically, tri- like, but they're, but they're fixing it because yeah. that's what they do. Like, <laughs> that's too funny. I love that. God. And then if you do you, uh, stream to your Steam Deck from your main PC at all? I haven't much. It's something that I've considered, but, like, everything I've theoretically wanted to stream kind of runs fine on it anyway so i'm oh, not that's really fair. that's fair uh so i, I was care just... more about input lag and like compression artifacts than running it as best as possible when if it if it actually runs on steam deck yeah i saw you had posted something on mastodon about like i i am not sensitive to that stuff like input lag and compression artifacts and you had posted i think it was you you had posted some video and you're like this is like this, these compression artifacts are terrible. And I watched it. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't see any. It, like it's not bothering me at all. Um, but there's definitely people who see all of that stuff and feel all of that stuff. And I guess I'm just lucky that everything just seems like it works for me. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, and you want to stay that way. Like there, there were a couple people. I think it was an AI, a, a video that got AI upscaled from the 1800s or something. Yes. And they did a bunch of stuff to it. And it's one of those where the initial impression is like, oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. And there were a couple of people who were like, okay, can you like slow it down or zoom in and help me see what's wrong with it? And I'm like, no, if you, if you think it looks fine, stay that way. Stay. <laughs> Keep thinking it looks fine. You're happier for it. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, and I agree. And that was a really cool uh, video of like the like these people in the 1800s having a snowball fight. Yeah. Which is so cool. Takes us back to a simpler time. Thanks, Twitter. Uh, all right. Um, new big picture mode. Have you are you a big picture mode user back in the day when it first came to Steam? I don't know why I quote every Steam. once in a while just because it was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because for a long time I had a big big at the time it was my first you know hd tv that i bought for myself but a big 40 inch tv up above things as my like sit back gaming monitor mm-hmm. and so popping up you know the big picture mode with a controller seems like a cool innovation but using using the steam deck ui for it is just so awesome like i honestly expected them to have removed big picture mode by now and the fact that they didn't and they're doing this is really cool especially because that means you can really like start making your own steam machine finally and you know get to that point instead of just the steam deck docked yeah if i didn't use this computer for what we're doing now that is what i would do i would set it up so that steam would just automatically start automatically go into big picture mode and just be a console because i'm a console gamer i i've been a console gamer for years but I need this computer to do the things that it does right now, so I, I can't be bothered with that. But I love that they are replacing big picture mode with the big picture mode, or with or with the the Steam uh, Steam Deck UI because it's it's so much better than the old way of doing it. 
I don't know what it is, and I'm sure there's graphics design usability studies everywhere about it, but so, there's just something so satisfying about the, the, the bar of cover art that you cycle between to choose your game or, like, organizing by collections that is so much nicer than just a list you click with your mouse. Because as much as I don't want to be the person that cares about aesthetics or whatever, one of the biggest things that I wanted for PC emulators when I do use them, like PCSX2 for the PS2, is that kind of presentation. I think because it does still emulate uh, mm-hmm. the experience of picking games off of a shelf like people really enjoy that even if they're yeah. fine with the digital era like that act of seeing the games you have and like providing that opportunity for one to like stand out to you is like you're gonna play me today that act of choosing the games in that way is just so satisfying and the steam deck ui does it so well that Theoretically, you have no reason to use it that way on PC when you already have a library in the Steam UI. Like, you have a list, you have your games. For some people, that's fine, but for me, it's just, like, it's it's just really well done that makes it that much more satisfying to, like, flip through and be like, am I going to play this one? Oh, I just played that one. I'm going to pick this one. It stands out. I'm going to play it. Like, something about that is just so good. Right, and, and it's the reason why people will spend... Uh, people, I mean myself, spend days scraping... Uh, ROM uh, from the yep. uh, from from the internet, so that you can get the the nice front end when you are do- going into your emulator list. Yep. Uh, and like, it took me forever to do that, and then I switched from Emu Deck to Retro Deck, and I had to do it all over again. And then yep. Emu Deck Two came out, so I switched back, and I had to do it all over again. <laughs> and so I've done it like a billion times, but I'll always do it because I like yeah. that front end experience. I never thought of it being like going up to a shelf and pulling something off the shelf yeah. but that's really cool and for people who only play a few games or can like make that selection easier it's not a problem but it, it's just it's really nice and i know there's the meme of once you start emulating stuff you spend more time tweaking it than playing it but like it's worth it for that for that moment when you when, when you select it like it i don't know it it's really nice and i i love when systems implement those kinds of features and i love that they're still making it possible for tv gaming because you know if this was any number of other major corporations launching products, they'd just be like, well, why do you want that UI for your computer? Just We, we built a Steam Deck, buy the Steam Deck, put it on your TV, mm-hmm. use it. Like We don't want to develop an alternative way for you to get to the same experience. We, we're selling you this thing, and instead they're just like, oh, you really like this? Here you go. Yeah. Well, speaking of you know getting those pictures and putting those pictures in all the right places and making sure that they look really good... Uh, Steam Grid DB is a place where a lot of people go in order to get either emulator art or alternative art for games that they have on their uh, on their systems. And apparently, Steam Grid DB is has Nintendo is coming after them for having art from uh, Nintendo games. They got hit with a DMCA takedown notice, essentially saying, "Hey." These are our pictures, which they are their pictures. Nintendo is technically correct, but that just makes them. I pers- I, I don't know how you feel about this, Adam. I think it just makes Nintendo look like they're scared. Like, calm down, people. Uh, what What are your thoughts on this? It absolutely does. This is always the awkward gray area. Only with Nintendo, every time. But like, they're they're technically within their rights to do this. But it's the it's the like. When they were they they went through this phase for people who were unaware where they decided that 
in, if you want to post YouTube videos mm-hmm. of Nintendo games, you had to join their own YouTube MCN, which was a network where they'd take a chunk of your ad revenue just because you played some of their games, which made no sense if you were playing other games as well. You weren't just a Nintendo channel or something. But they, they've always had these weird policies where they try to control things. But it was at least universal. Like, if they're going to go DMCA every ROM of the new game on every website, then that's... It sucks, but, like, sure. You're, you're making sure... You, you're funneling everyone to the new market copy of that game. But they're clearly only doing a specific... Like, it, it's just Steam Grid DB. It's not like they're going and DMCAing everyone who has used images of these games. And so that, I think, is less of a good-faith act in terms of DMCA and the copyright law and things like that because, in some ways, they're almost, like, legally obligated to pursue things if they're going to pursue it, mm-hmm. and only targeting a specific site for it gets really crappy-looking. And again, it's images, like... They're press images. I, I'm willing to bet there's not there, there's at least one image that they DMCA'd from these games that were sent out to press as press images and thus theoretically are licensable to just post on a website. The, there's probably like that. That's usually how it works. And so, I, it, yeah, the, <laughs> it, it just looks petty because they're not even. You know, it's one thing when they're taking down a literal pirated copy of a game because we may get mad at them for it, especially if you can't buy it. But, like, it's hard to argue against their capacity to do it. But just images of a game for a website that doesn't host the game, it's just, it feels so petty. It feels so childish almost to just be like, well, you can, you can talk about emulating our games, but we're just going to make it so you can't see the image of them. <laughs> like, right. It's like it's not stopping anyone. It's like if you're if you're an adult and you're playing a pickup basketball game, you know, down at the YMCA or something, and then one of the guys is like, "Well, I'm leaving. I'm going to take this ball with yeah. me." Like, really? Like, yep. Are, you're that. You're you're acting like that. It just seems so. I like the word you use, petty. It's so childish. It's just goofy. And it's to not me. even. It wasn't even new games. Like, I mean, there was Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, but like. There was Xenoblade and Odyssey and Breath of the, the, the... It's not like those just came out. There's not, like, a new run where they want to make sure you are focusing on their talk about it. Like, it, it's... Uh, and it's I, really I, I'm not somebody who is, like, pirate everything, steal from... that. Like, no, I've never been that guy. I've always been, like, support developers. If the game's available for you to pay money for, then pay money for it. Um, but this is just ridiculous because, hey... What if the person bought Breath of the Wild and then they decided to rip that off of the card that they own and put it on the Steam Deck that they own? You can't have a picture from Zelda. Like, are they going to go around and start taking down YouTube thumbnails for all the all the like I constantly use video game art in my YouTube thumbnails. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it would be different even like. It would still be crappy, but it would be different even if it was just video of, like, gameplay of the emulated version. Like, they have Mm -hmm. done that before. And again, I don't consider it okay. It's not the greatest thing in the world. But at least that's, like, there's an argument of that is showing the copyright violation product. Like, I've actually gotten into disputes about that of games that weren't released in the U.S. There were ways to play it. I showed you how to do that and showed gameplay of it. And they're like, we're going to take that down because, you know, you're not allowed to do this or whatever. But just images of, like, what the game represents. Because I don't know how, like, regulation or anything would, you know, lay a smack down. But, like, there's already... Emulation is acceptable. There's already, there's already been the legal court battle over that. The precedent's been established. 
the companies are expected to respect that ruling, mm-hmm. and instead they just find these weird, like Nintendo finds these weird little ways to take jabs at it anyway. For just like we're we're allowed to talk about the process of emulation, you you, you can't stop that. You're legally not allowed to stop that. Quit making like jabs at it. It's just I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm, I, we we agree. Anyway, yeah. uh, let's move on and talk about what's that case that you have on your Steam Deck? Because you talked about that a little bit. It's uh, what, which one is that? I don't know offhand. I can pull it up real quick. It is just a basic uh, rubber bumper. Oh, okay. I bought a whole bunch. I was originally planning on doing a bunch of Steam Deck videos, and so I was just going to be like, here's a list of cool accessories and stuff. And it is just a basic, I don't even think it has a brand on itself, but rubber bumper that isn't going to protect the screen from cracking if you drop it on it or whatever. But, like, my kid likes to pull it off my nightstand and things like that, and I just don't want it to get all dinged up or whatever. And it keeps just a little bit of a nice, and it adds, like, a little bit of extra grip to it that is pretty nice. I also have the the Razer little cutout grips that you could get for it and things mm-hmm. like that to play with. But that is... I expected to put it on and hate it because I grew up with bumper cases being everywhere and just being like, well, this doesn't feel good. Just take care of your stuff. But it is from Liston? Liston? Okay. It was on Amazon. The current listing doesn't even have anymore. So there's obviously a ton of companies that, you know, make like 50 of a thing from AliExpress and sell it and then stop selling it. But I expected to hate it and I have not taken it off yet because... I think it just adds a little extra cushion to my hand that feels kind of nice. Yeah, I I ended up getting the um, the Project Kill Switch, uh, which mm. was from D Brand. I like it a lot. I don't have it on my Steam Deck right now because it's incompatible with the uh, official Steam Deck dock. Uh, but right. they just—I mean, there was a whole debacle about the pricing. There's a whole debacle about the kickstand. I'm not here to the talk magnets. about yeah the magnets and stuff like that. Uh, but I did want to point out cause there's a lot of people who bought those things and, and they like D brand said, Hey, we're going to replace everything, which is, like, that's going to be, that's going to cost them a lot of money to do. Uh, but yes. they finally posted some pictures of what it's going to look like. And it's this, this little, put it in and twist it like a camera lens kind of thing, which I think is really nice. And then the kickstand has extra SD card slots. Are, are you somebody who uses multiple SD cards, or do you just get one SD card and that's the one that you're going to use? I try to just get one big one and just use that, especially just, uh, it's easier to keep track of that way, mm-hmm. but, you know, I could see myself using that anyway, because at the moment, I don't want to pull it out because it's on, I think I have like a, I want to say it's a 256 gig, which was fine for the games that I wanted to offload that I didn't, you know, that was filling up my internal memory, but... Once you start dumping ROMs on there, especially from like the CD era and higher than that, it fills up quick. And so I could see myself absolutely, and I probably will, have a dedicated like, okay, this is my Deck one where all my ROMs are in one place or either like, here's one with like X years of ROMs in the other. And so having that SD storage in there is really cool, especially since every other handheld thing has their little game cart storage compartments. Like it just kind of, I think, appeals to potentially to that, that kid market a little bit of here's where you store your games kind of thing that has always been around with handhelds. <laughs> you just took me back to like when I was a kid and we had the, we had the Nintendo entertainment system. <laughs> and my, my brothers and I had this little wooden drawer. Oh yeah. That you could pull out and it had like slots for all your NES games in there. We had the same thing for our Atari 2600, but it was like, this set of drawers that you would buy and you could pull it out and it had just those slots that that just took me back uh (laughs) like a lot i want someone to make really cool 
I, they're really small. They would fall off. I don't know how to do it effectively. But cool stickers for the micro SD cards that are like the memory card or the cart stickers where you could write on or print on like what mm-hmm. games or what type of games you had on there. And then you just treat them like little Atari carts or memory cards for the PlayStation or something. Like that would be really cool. That would be cool. Uh, other other than that, with the uh, with the D brand replacement, uh, I guess they said that it's going to be lighter because they don't have the magnets, which is awesome because it is kind of yeah. heavy. Uh, and it's uh, they designed it so that it will stay in the official dock if you want to use the official dock. So that's all awesome. And I figured a lot of people who are watching this probably also have the uh, the D brand um, kill switch. And so I wanted to let people know about that. All right, let's move on to upcoming games. And there's one game that is coming out later on. Is, is it this week or next week? I think it's next week. Uh, no, it's the 22nd. It's this week. It's in like, yeah, a couple days. Yeah, and I'm hyped for this game. Have you checked out Evil West at all? I have seen some of the trailers for it. It looks like a lot of fun. Like, that is very similar to my kind of game while still having, like, a pretty unique flair. I've, I've, I've never really enjoyed games of any genre that try out the kind of Western cowboy theme a whole lot. But this is basically like uh, Van Helsing just turned, you know action hero which is mm-hmm. really cool i was a huge fan of the hugh jackman van helsing back in the day because it was the early 2000s and we didn't know better maybe but that's okay <laughs> um so i mean it's a shooter so you probably wouldn't be yeah. playing this on uh on steam deck for you uh, third person maybe though so a little uh, easier to control that's okay that's interesting to me you you find first person shooters harder to control with uh with sticks than third person shooters yeah, because especially like when you look at the gameplay trailer for this, the there can be third-person shooters that play like first-person shooters. Like an example of that would probably be Gears of War. Like it plays very much like a competitive first-person game. They just decided to make it third-person for the cover mechanic. Mm-hmm. But most of them lean much more heavily on the 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 ARPG aspects. And so with I'm um, uh, watching this like. You have you have like lightning abilities and all these extra punches and stuff. Those are things you're doing deliberately with a certain rhythm that like plays to the tune of the gameplay. Whereas with Doom or Halo or Call of Duty or whatever, it's a lot more twitchy, a lot more like almost button mashy in that you have you have such smaller windows to do stuff and something like jumping and shooting at the same time or trying to crouch shoot and you know bunny hop all of those things you're doing a lot more actions at the same time with much smaller windows to get it right Mm. whereas a third person game especially like a story one where you're mostly fighting you know ai enemies is a lot more you're a lot more deliberate in the individual choices you're making the abilities are a lot more you're given the room for it like i want uh, he, he punches a demon up in the air and then you have that window to activate the cool ability to get right. the glory kill. Whereas with a per- competitive first-person shooter, you're doing all of these kind of within the same like little frame window. It's a lot more technical. And so third-person are a lot easier to do on controller and juggle those abilities. And they're usually built more for controllers. Like even ones like oh, Halo true. that are now Xbox first, like the core gameplay loop was developed for mouse and keyboard. And there's extra considerations with that in mind, whereas third-person are almost always built for controller schemes first and so there's a little bit more intuitiveness to it awesome very i I never thought of it that way i always just think of shooters as shooters as shooters but uh you know uh, you know adam's the kind of guy that sees the artifacts and feels the dead zones (laughs) and i'm not so uh lucky for me and i'm so sorry for you sir Um, this game looks great though like it looks 
like something we haven't had in a while. It looks like it's going to be fun. It looks like very much, I mean, in a way, based on the trailers, and this is a lazy description, but it looks how I would expect a third-person Doom Eternal to feel with a different landscape. Like, instead of just giving us, you're, you're the space marine going up to mm-hmm. Mars, fighting the aliens. Like, this is its own unique twist with still a similar idea. You're fighting demons and vampires and whatever, but it's, you know, it's not the same environment. And sometimes that's enough to keep things feeling fresh. And you got Danny, Tra- Danny Trejo's face on it, so I'm excited for him because <laughs> running around with machete or something is going to be a blast. And there's co-op stuff, which is always fun for me for the pve style gameplay where you get to you get to slay with some buddies instead of purely being solo is always a nice twist yeah all right well that game comes out in just a couple of days so uh i'm looking forward to checking that out i don't know if i'm going to get it right away i might wait and find out what the reviews are uh but games that i probably will be getting right away are the games that are on sale right now for like black friday sales humble bundle i mean let's be honest everybody has sales going on right now uh but i i went to humble bundles website and they have a, the black friday sale uh right now i am a humble bundle partner so if you click on the link you're supporting the channel by the way um but uh man they've got some really good deals going on right now uh adam when you look at these games is there anything in here that jumps out to you as that's a game that everybody needs to play and it's i got a really good deal right now right now honestly a lot of those maybe not for the best deals um, obviously, the best deal for like a game everyone should play, if you if you can at all appreciate platforming, is five bucks for Celeste. It's just like a no brainer. Mm. A game is just S tier for platforming experiences. I know it's not for everyone, and the art style turns a lot of people off. But like genuinely, it is one of the best platformers released. Um, in terms of like what you should play, otherwise, it. How much how much of a rock have you been living under? Because there is a lot of like awesome games on this list. And I between let's see here. There's there's okay, going back for a second, I've been talking about Pokemon, not knockoffs, but you know, Pokemon clones and similar games. 35 bucks is still a lot for Tim Tim, but it's it's the Pokemon or Nexamon concept, but taken to an MMO state where you actually get to play online with friends, battle with them, level up with them, and for some bizarre reason, no one's bothered to do this yet. Uh, Tim Tim's been in early access for, it was like three or four years, but they just came out of early access recently and we're like, okay, we have a finished game. Here's what the game is. And so it's a great time to jump in. It's still a little bit, but like if you're looking for that new thing, it's great. If we're looking a lot cheaper, um, like I said, Celeste is a good one. There is, there was another one I wanted to call out. Oh no. It's Hellblade, tough, if you haven't so played much it, scrolling you don't have to do. Issues. Yeah. <laughs> Hellblade's a great deal at eight bucks. Like that, you'll get some good play out of that. Frankly, twenty bucks for Assassin's Creed Valhalla isn't bad. Like, there's a ton of gameplay in it. I still need to go through and finish it. Like for for a AAA game, that's a that's a solid price. You could obviously wait another six months, get it for probably ten bucks. But you know, if you're wanting something to play now, that's always the way to go. Uh, there, there, there's so many games on the sale. Like I, I don't think I realized that originally. Yeah, it, it's right. What's that? Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. It's still, again, uh, for some people, I think they expect the ho- holiday game sales. Like, I know a lot of people that only look at like $9 and lower. And if so, don't pick it up yet. But Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is a, a redoing of the Dragon Ball Z open world RPG experience that they used to do a lot more of. That for what it is, is really polished. I still prefer more of the actual 
beat em up style games of the older Budokai games of PS2. But like if you're if you're a Dragon Ball fan and you like open world RPGs, it is really, really well made for what it is. Um and so would definitely recommend that one. Yeah, just scrolling through this list, there are so many games on sale right now. And some of them like like the one that he was just talking about, I don't know how to say it. Kakaro? Kakarot, yeah. Kakarot? Kakarot. That's seventy five percent off. Yeah. Um, that's a really good deal. I, I'm not a Dragon Ball Z guy. I don't know anything about it, but 75% <laughs> off, like that's, yeah. that's a really deep discount. Um, I will say like, as I scroll through this list, there's ones that we all have like a million times, but there's a couple on here that I think are fantastic. Like Resident Evil three, that's 70% off. You can get Resident Evil three for 12 bucks. And I, I haven't played it on steam deck, but I've been told it runs really well on the steam deck. And if I scroll all the way back up to the top, um, Hollow Knight for seven bucks and uh, Valheim oh, yeah. for fourteen. Have you played Valheim? I haven't yet. I've heard really good things. Oh my god! It's don't don't. You know what? I'm just going to save you right now. Don't play it. All right. It's <laughs> oh, too addictive. Okay. It's amazing. Oh. You, like you're going to start <laughs> playing it, and and I don't know if I'd play it on the Steam Deck. Like when the Steam Deck first got announced, I was like, oh, it's perfect for Valheim. It's perfect for Valheim at first, but then as you start building your base the performance keeps getting kind of hit because it is a, sense. you know, it's a, it's a, uh, yeah. you know, portable system. But if you are looking for a game like Minecraft, like where you are in this world and, you know, um, you know, getting resources and then using those resources to build up your base, it's super addictive. And I think it's uh, like, not just four player. I th- I've, I've played it with four people, but like you can, you can have like a, a whole server and everybody oh, wow. can like, build up your base together and it's it's a fantastic game which i i adore that game but i don't get it for steam deck though yeah another game in that style which again i'm not sure how well it would work on steam deck is deep rock galactic it's uh it's technically a first person shooter but it's very much resource management kind of game like that that i can't speak to how good it is yet i have heard good things but it's normally 30 bucks and my wife and i were wanting something to play co-op together like that that isn't overwatch or something and mm-hmm. we're gonna get this when it was on sale so 10 bucks for something that like that is a lot easier of a let's try it out point than the full 30 dollar price i think it came out a few years ago but they're on their third season of whatever that is but it's uh, you know base building fight big waves of enemies gather resources while still being a first person shooter for people who like shooters and want to keep that familiar kind of sandbox yeah that game is fantastic i actually picked it up okay. specifically for the steam deck because a friend of oh. mine was playing it and they were like hey this is really good and i was i had just gotten the steam deck uh back in february and i was like okay i'm gonna pick this up and we can play it together so like i installed discord on the steam deck i had my headphones mm-hmm. on and we were talking while we were playing and it was awesome um there's a lot of really cool moments in that game where right. you get to a certain point and you've you've accomplished your mission and then there's like this robot that you guys are like in control of and the corporation then once you've accomplished your mission the the robot goes back to the to the exit point and if you don't get there with the robot you are left behind so you have to get there and it makes this really in because you don't remember which way that it's gone and so right. you're trying to get back as fast as you can. And it makes for some really good moments where, like, you'll be yelling to the scout, hey, can can you light up this cavern or something? And, oh, okay, let's put up, like, this rope bridge or whatever. And, like, you're you're trying to get back. 
And it's like this really intense moment where you might not make it back, but then you just barely do. And you're like, yes. Oh my God. It's, it's so addictive. Really great. Interesting. Game. Good to know. Yeah. You're going to like that one. If you pick it up, trust me. All I right. I do love when games get added that are like already marked up so high. Like I'm looking at right now, there's a platinum game on the list and I love platinum games, uh, but it's Soul Hackers 2, and as far as I can tell, they only have the, like, fancy premium edition, so <laughs> it's still 53 bucks on sale, because the base price is 90 and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not that's not a sale, I'm not buying a game on sale for 53 bucks. but at some point I want to try it, because Platinum makes good stuff, but th- those are always so goofy to me, where it's like, yeah, 90 bucks is the full price, so this is a great sale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's absolutely true. Um, the last one that I'll mention is Pathfire, uh, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous Enhanced. Uh, that game's currently 60% off. It's 20 bucks. It is a old-school Baldur's Gate-style uh, CRPG, uh, relatively new. I think it came out last year or the year before. And it, I didn't know they put this out yet. Yeah, and they just updated it for controller. So it, when it originally came out, it was just mouse and keyboard. Uh, it right. plays pretty well on the Steam Deck. Your battery is going to take a significant hit because it's a pretty uh, like demanding game, uh, right? But it's really fun, and uh, the like the world that you're playing in is exceedingly cool. Yeah, I I remember hearing about this last year, and I guess I just missed the launch. I'm going to have to pick this up. I'm a huge fan of the Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games, Champions of Norath, all of that, and so this is that's that is the perfect game for steam deck for me as those kinds of games i've been playing through gauntlet on there as well hmm. um and then there's one they did i don't have it sitting out anymore so the the warhammer 40k franchise has been pumping out all of these weird games that are clones of other games so there's like a doom eternal clone mm-hmm. that is it's a lot of fun but it's, it's another company making a doom eternal clone and they have one that is very much a diablo like you know dungeon crawler clone game that is a ton of fun um, that I was hoping to pick up on Steam Deck, but I had already picked it up on PS5 and didn't want to buy it again. But I, I love these kinds of games. I can't believe I missed that this actually even released in the first place. So I'm happy to get it on sale. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to look in my library and see because I have that the um, the Diablo clone one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what it is, and my library has too many damn games Inquisitor in Martyr. I think that's it. Oh, that's not the one that I was thinking of because uh, that doesn't. A Chaos Bane is the one that I was thinking yes. of. No, that is the one I have. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. See now on my Steam Deck, it says unsupported. Yeah, so it's but... got the little unsupported thing, which means that it might not work. But I remember specifically playing it on the Steam Deck, so it is possible. And this is a problem with with the Steam Deck or with the little verified system is sometimes they patch it and it breaks do you, stuff. Do you use the Proton DB one? Uh, GE Proton, the well, just the the Proton DB like add-in, so you can see the community. Oh, the the like the thing port. that you the plugin, or you can add it to the quick yeah. access menu. No, I don't yeah. do that. That's, I haven't. I haven't really done any plugins. It gives you community badges instead of just Valve's tested stuff. So it's oh, okay. pretty nice. Awesome. Well, I did play that when it like when I first like when I first got it, I played it on the Steam Deck, then it worked, so it might work, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it still does because it's got that little. It's got that little no badge, but there's yeah. plenty of games that have that no badge that work. And I've had weird ones that work fine most of the time, but then other times, want like Warframe. I love Warframe, but 
every so often an update gets pushed and when you try to play the game it just boot loops your steam deck and this is like a widely reported thing but since the average experience is that it works fine it has like gold ratings on proton db and whatever and mm. steam deck thinks that it's mostly supported but every once in a while like whatever proton update they push you have to like manually set the different version and whatever because it just boot loops and it's just like this game worked yesterday i go to play it today <laughs> it doesn't work anymore <sighs> but yeah that's PC gaming. Throwing games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's PC. That's what gaming. we signed up for, right? I, I mean, I didn't sign up for that, but that's what <laughs> happened anyway. Because I'm a console gamer, but I was like, right. this looks like a console, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat it like one. Well, sometimes yeah. it doesn't work out the way that you like. Uh, well, Adam, thanks so much for coming on the show. Before we get out of here, can you tell everybody where they can find all of your stuff? Yeah, uh, that's that's a massive list. I am pretty much Epos Vox everywhere. Um, so I have my main YouTube channel, and from there I link out to everything else. But I primarily do tech education streaming stuff there. I have gaming stuff for a channel called Lost Saves. I do some AI art stuff on a channel called Analog Dreams. But I'm on there. I'm on Discord. I'm on Mastodon now at eposvox at glitch.lgbt. I've got a million places, but YouTube is usually the main one. You as the, the the gateway to me everywhere else, uh, and I try to have the same name kind of everywhere. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, if you guys haven't checked out ePostVox's stuff and you want to learn how to make make like videos and stuff like that, then that's the place you want to go, youtube.com slash ePostVox. Yeah.